Hello, welcome back to the David Watson podcast. Today I spoke with Linda and we had a fascinating conversation, at least in a subject that fascinates me. And it's it's that whole kind of mysterious, almost magic-like circumstances. I'm lost for words in a sense because it's all to do with the B2B marketing, copywriting, you know, how, how you draft something well. And and it's more than just writing a good tagline. It's, it's what you've got to learn about the customer, the client, where their customers and clients are, and how do you piece all of that together? And yeah, that, that's what Linda and I discussed today. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome to the David Watson podcast. And good morning to you. How are you doing? I am doing great. It's uh yeah, it's, it's starting to get warm here in Arizona. And uh, yesterday we hit 100 degrees for the first time, and it's only April, so I don't know what Jeez. that means. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. We had a frost the other day. Yeah. So, this is a, yeah. Do you get a high amount of rainfall in Arizona? I'm sorry? Do we get? Do you get much rainfall? rainfall in Arizona? Not, you know, it's funny because I've only been here two years. So uh, we were living in California and I'm originally from the East Coast of the U.S. So I'm used to weather. Um, but California, we got rain here. The first year we we're here, we got they call them monsoons. It literally is like it, the winds come through and it, it feels like the end of the world. And last summer, so the second summer we were here, we got hardly any rain. So I mean, it's considered a desert. So you know, we don't expect yeah. a lot of, rain, but but, but uh, sometimes when it does happen, you know it about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk to you about is obviously because you do marketing, and marketing is one of those things that it kind of falls into a few areas for me. When it's done well, it is just artwork. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, that is so clever. When it's not done well, you're like, you really should have hired somebody. <laughs> right. And if you did hire somebody, you should fire them. But it, <laughs> and it, it also falls into this funny category as well, where it's one of the most sold online courses, how to be a marketer. And it's getting kind in copywriting, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of crossover. And, and everyone yeah. seems to think they can copyright. Everyone seems to think they can market. And they, they and it's just like, hmm. Yeah. The, the, it's, I think one of the most underappreciated skill sets because of just when it's done so well it is wow. So, mm -hmm. how did you get into it? Um, it's interesting you say that because I always consider copywriting is sort of like acting it, you only really notice it when it's bad otherwise you yeah. just <laughs> kind of see it i was a content writer for many years and by that i mean i wrote for a lot of uh, magazines and it started way back when when i was working as a personal trainer i've always loved writing and i used to get this free business magazine tossed on, on my driveway every week and it was they had a column and it was um, a fitness column. And I thought, you know, I can write for this, this paper. So I sent the editor a pitch and I didn't know what I was doing. And I was about, um, cause I used to work out with people in their homes. So I said, how to create a home gym. 
because a lot of people didn't know, like, how much space do you need? How do you know, what should you include? And he goes, sure, go for it. And I was surprised and I, I wrote it. And when it was published, he called me and he said, this is great. How would you like to write for us on a regular basis? And that was how I started with the whole magazine. So I ended up writing cover stories and, and uh, long story short, I expanded from the local magazine. This was a uh, business publication, which is no longer around. And I started pitching all the national magazines and I ended up getting into everything because it's sort of like snowballs, you know, when you get known in the, the publishing world and you're a good writer and, and editors talk. And I've had editors go from magazine to magazine and they would bring me along like, hey, I'm going to be working at, you know, such and such, and I'm going to have you write for us there. And so then um, the whole bottom kind of fell out of the publishing world, the print world. And literally overnight, I lost like three quarters of my income because all the magazines were folding. And even the online magazines, mm. like I was writing for MSN Health, they decided that we're just going to use all repurposed content. My editor was upset. It was out of her hands. She said, I can't do anything about it. And then I thought, well, you know, I've always been into working out. Let me start a fitness, online fitness business. So I started doing, I created online courses and that was okay, but I wasn't, there was, there was too many things. Like I would do it differently now, but I didn't know what I was doing. And I wasted a lot of money on software. And I was basically the bottom line was I just wasn't making any money. I said, let me go back to writing but I didn't want to do content anymore because the money wasn't there and the opportunities weren't there. And I thought, let me, you know, when I was doing my fitness business, I was looking into and talking to copywriters and thinking naively at the time that copywriting, how different could it be from content writing? Mm. It's a whole different thing. It's a different audience. It's a different purpose. So where content writing was just writing stories and, and it's information and entertainment, copywriting is on the marketing or they call it the money end of it. So copywriting is to attract, basically motivate people to take action. Usually it's to buy something, but it could be to sign up for something. Um, could be, you know, create a lead magnet. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to do copywriting. And it was not easy to go from content to copy. And I thought it would be like, oh, this is, it's writing. It's not, it's, um, it's just a completely different approach. So I started studying under some really well-known and, and high-level copywriters. I took their courses. I paid uh, for one-on-one classes and courses and then just started you know, attracting clients and, and getting into the real world with it. And so that's kind of a a long answer to your short question <laughs> no no that's it's, it's good you know to be to be fair from, from where i'm sitting the longer people can make their answers the easier it makes my job <laughs> if, if i'm not if i'm not speaking i'm doing it well <laughs> yeah but it's it's a whole different thing you know copywriting is um I, I think one of my favorite quotes about copywriting and i forget was it eugene schwartz one of the famous copywriters said copy isn't written it's assembled which is really the biggest difference yeah. i mean you still kind of assemble content with like for example if i'm writing an article i used to write a lot of health and fitness articles so if it was on um you know heart attacks or heart disease in women over 50 which i've written a lot about you know i would get a hold of people who maybe experience a heart attack, I'd look on Amazon, find books and book authors who's written on the subject, try to get them on a call, um, assemble that and get the research and all that, and then put it together into a story. 
where copywriting is similar, but it, you know, I'm looking for different things now. Like I want to know what happened. Like say it's a client who's selling a, a fitness. Oh, I, I work with B2B. So it's maybe yeah. it's a yeah, SaaS product for a gym franchise, for example. You know, what is it? How is it helping? Like I would talk to the owner of the franchise. What was your life like before you use the software? And what is it like now? And I'd be looking for quotes, things I can use in their copy. It's just a different way of, of looking at it and approaching it. Can you just explain so, to people that don't know what B2B is? Oh, business to business. So B2C would be business to consumer. So in the fitness world, if I am running a retail store that's selling workout equipment to a consumer, it's B2C. But if I am uh, selling, uh, say it's a planning schedule, because a lot of SaaS companies that sell planners for gyms to use. So you go into the gym, you know, what's your class like? Like what kind of classes do you offer? And they have they usually have a calendar. Like that would be, I'd be selling to the owner of the franchise or whoever it is the the decision maker. So that's B2B. So it's not direct to consumer, but it's definitely influenced by what the consumer wants. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. It's it's just um because it's it can be quite a general audience. It's it is good to just um break down. Like you say, there's a big difference between business to business and business to consumer. And mm-hmm. and it helps people understand, you know, because the things with marketing and copywriting, there's a nuances in the details and it can change between the industries that you're talking to and and and, right. and how you're you're doing that have you, have you been found that there's been much impact because i've debated this with lots of people um to do with video uh, digital video and stuff like that and my opinion is I, I think viral videos in that sense um become overrated because they're often paid for and sort of like um, trying to get like, you know, the, the perfect you know, 60 second clip on Instagram or TikTok to make it go viral. In my experience these days, it, it's probably got some money behind it somewhere, even if that's just paying um, a high end influencer to promote, you know, to tag it and share it, whatever. But I think there there was an element of people that went off in a certain direction, like this is the future, this is the future forgetting that some people like to read and that actually mm-hmm. a well-placed advert, a well-placed copy is still has its place. And, and if anything, it's just as important. Sure. Yeah. That's why you need to kind of have like, is your question about, do I find video valuable just, or? Well, but it can be all things that you don't mean. It's like, cause obviously that changed when I talk to mm-hmm. clients and I, and I talk to like guests and stuff, and, you know, if, if you remember, like, you know, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, print was God. It was everything, you know, and how you wrote print and how you advertised and all all of that. And then when social media came in, it changed the horizon. And and suddenly, you know, things just disappeared that were once, like, in scripture that will never change. Yeah. Suddenly it did change. But it also there is a generation of people that are like, like, like I've had this conversation with people. Like, I don't need to advertise; I can make a video. Yeah, but how, how do you know that your 
there's a difference between your audience and your customers. Right. And it's, you know, the, like the skill of marketing is where, where are my customers and what format are they on? Right. Yeah, you really have to. I mean, it always comes down to knowing your audience, you know, and that's sort of the, I mean, you hear that a lot on like LinkedIn, you know, just you need to know your audience, but it, it's so true because typically companies don't dive in far enough because they they do what I call, I've heard this somewhere, it's not my words, but they inhale their own fumes. Like when they're in a I like that. board meeting, or whatever, right? And they're all patting each other on the back for how ingenious their wording is or whatever. But you need to you need to talk to your customers and and really use like for fitness, for example. Um I I'm in gyms all the time. I I talk I've been in in the fitness world for decades. So I know the lingo, I know how to talk, you know, how people talk about it and and the terms they use. You know, I've written for women's publications where they said we don't use the word muscle, which is insane. I don't know if that's changed because it's been a while. Mm. But they say we say, you know, tone or you know, firmness, but we don't say muscle. But what is giving you that tone is the muscle. It just, it's, you know, those things just drive me crazy. But there's people consume information differently too. Like even if it's a video podcast, you know, like this, or I have one as well, and people will sometimes keep it on in the background, but they'll still just listen to it. But it's nice to see a face, you know? So I don't know. Um, I think the key is to to get as much out there. Like I have um clips and you know i post on social media i have a an assistant who helps me i'm not really active on facebook i'm not really active on instagram but i do post i have her post on there because i don't know who's who's looking you know and yeah. I, even though i know my most of my clients would be a, a linkedin so i take care of that myself but you never know where someone's going to find you so i think that's the reason for you know people getting video out and i, I don't know if video is as crazy um, like if it converts as much as it was, like I would hear all these really ridiculous mm. sounding percentages of people who prefer video. Just don't know if that's changed recently because it's gotten so rampant. Yeah, because you know, like I think TikTok. Yeah, I think there was a point where. So one of the things I I start to notice, and and I have, I have a very good friend who, who who does a lot of digital media, but him and I always debate like you know which side of the fence is best if you like and my point is always start straight off with before i even place an advert if i want you to do a film it's a thousand pound a day because you're going to turn up with a camera etc 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 whereas if i go to copywriter or do my own copy or something like that i can put all of my budget into the advert you know and it's you know we can do it from home and i'm not saying one is better and i'm just interested from people like yourself who are much more established and actually do it for a living where you find dynamics and where where the trends are shifting because it's very easy for me to debate when i'm not you know neck deep in it but it could easily be argued i haven't got a clue what i'm on about <laughs> What's that? I, catch that? I said it could easily be argued that I haven't got a clue what I'm on about because I'm not I'm not massively in the industry. You know, I'm, it's not how I'm earning my living. Well, with copywriting, I mean, I 
I'm, I guide companies to what I, you know, like suggestions about video. For example, a lot of people have videos on their header. So the top part of the web, the, the homepage, which is the main page, mm -hmm. the hero section is that top big part. That's the most important real estate because it's before anyone starts scrolling. It's above the fold. And a lot of companies are putting video up there. And I've looked into this like to see, and I've talked to my copywriting coaches who know a lot more about copywriting. They've been in the business longer than me. And the general consensus is unless you're a company that really has an ambiance to what you offer, for example, a travel destination, they would do well to have a nice video of a beach and you know people. But if you are selling something like software, it's distracting because what could possibly, what could you show? I noticed that a lot of fitness, fitness brands are using video. It, it, to me, it's distracting because we know what people look like when they're working out. I don't know what that would, what that would mean, but you want to have people focus on the copy. So I try to guide people with where to use the video. Like if it doesn't benefit you there, I would, I do think video is very valuable for further down the page. You know, yeah. if you're doing a, like CEO of the company, maybe addressing, you know, what it is they do or, you know, some, something like that would be definitely valuable, but have it well done too, especially, you know, on a website. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can kind of understand that. There's, I, I think it's going to be an interesting sort of few years moving forward. Um, just with, with n nobody kind of knows where social media platforms are going to finish. What, mm -hmm. You know, what, what, you know, everyone's always talking about what, what's the next social media platform to happen, and is there going to be a generation of? So I have a niece who's I think she's now thirteen. Um, it won't matter if I've got that wrong; she doesn't listen to anything I say anyway. So, <laughs> um, but. I ask her, and they're not really on social media. They're on WhatsApp or some form of messaging. They're not really kind of bothering with social media the way that, you know, people did 10 years ago. So I'm not really? sure. Okay. Sorry? I said, really? I'm surprised. Even TikTok? Like, it's not. Yeah. They're, they're not on it. They, they started on it, but of course, they, they, they were always getting hit with the age ban. So they just like, well, there's no point. And. Okay. I mean, there's legislation being talked about in the UK at the moment and in other countries in Europe about banning mobile phones to children under 16. So mm -hmm. that, again, is going to change the dynamic because obviously everybody wants to know where the people are spending their money. You know, whatever right. industry in it's where where are, you, are they spending that money and, and how do I get access to that? Which ultimately is what, if you have a product to sell, is is what you should be trying to achieve so I, i'm always curious as to what what the future is and, and where does it go because the principles that you use are never going to change they're always going to be the same i mean that's why advertising yeah. in the kind of just there was a period i think from like the 40s to the 60s where advertising was really exciting because you started getting like electronic devices like fridges TVs, radios, stereos, and these brand new uh, sparkling products that looked space age and brought an entire mm. world into your house. It was just, you know, an advertiser's copywriter's dream. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, the thing is, too, that if you look at AI, obviously, that's the elephant in the room here with, you know, chat GPT. And I mean, there's so when you think last year at this time, I think chat was just starting to take off a little bit. I mean, within a year, it's just exploded. And I use it for research sometimes to at least to guide me to where to start my research. I will use it to outline things and it helps to speed up the process. Like I'll take, um, but it's, it's always not, it's not always accurate. I mean, even with, I will take it and like, I record interviews with um, people say customers of a client that I'm trying to get some quotes from and I'll record the interview, put it into chat and ask it to pull out what are the, the bullet points? What are the, you know, most important points then I'll go back and see if it was correct. And sometimes it misses some things, but it, it's a start, you know. But who knows next year at this time? I mean, it's yeah, because I think it's possible to predict. Well, I, I used to use ChatGPT to write my video descriptions for podcasts. And initially it started out really well. And then it, it kind of become repetitive, regardless of what the subject was. It kind of had the same well, we dive deep into, or we delve deep into, right. and it's like, you can't, I can't. So then I would reword different titles to see if I got different paragraphs come up and I might pull the paragraphs and then it turned into ideas. And now I just don't use it. Um, cause it's yeah. like, look, just, just engage your brain because it's, it's kind of gone down this route. And then I seen the company is being taken to court for plagiarizing, being played, uh, plagiarizing people's work. So I'm wondering what format it's going to exist in in the net, you know, because if the cases are successful or the court cases at least, then that's going to open up a big issue for any AI moving forward. Um, yeah, because it, it's it's going to struggle because if you're getting sued because your product is plagiarizing other people's work, it's a product that nobody's like can use because they're going to be like, whoa, you know, so. And yeah. yeah, it did seem to be the thing about humans is we can always be original and AI was always scanning other people's work and taking exactly. it from that. And, you know, and I think that will probably always be its Achilles heel. I heard yesterday on the radio that um, they, they're start, I forget. I didn't catch the beginning of the news thing, um, but they were talking about, how AI is going to start scanning all the YouTube videos and pulling transcripts from YouTube. I think, mm. I think there's some big debate about that. So it's just going to get everything. Like there's nothing you can put out there that it's not going to grab. And yeah, you know, as, as a copywriter, it's like, this helps my case in one way where when I work with a new client, I was emphasized to them the importance of having a clear value proposition. So this is what, why does somebody choose you over your competitors? And you need to be really clear on that. And that's something that if you're going to differentiate yourself, AI is not going to do that for you because it's only pulling what's out there already. You know, it's not, in fact, I even asked AI itself, what what are the downsides to you basically? And it said, you know, AI doesn't originate. It, yeah. you know, it doesn't come up with original. It just pulls from 
what's been out there. So I tell people, my clients, you you need to come up with something that not everyone is talking about. And like you said, you know, yeah, take a deep, deep dive into, or what's some of the other things that comes up, but it's the same cliches over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes obvious. It's like, oh, this has been written by AI. And and it, you know, with a a podcast I was doing with somebody else, a friend of mine, the digital media guy, we have a, we, well, we still have a weekly podcast together. And um, it got to the point where people were starting to say, oh, your description is written by AI on when it was just put in a YouTube shorts and stuff like that. And you sort of like, yes, it's just getting too obvious. You can't. Yeah. There's something about it that, yeah, it just, no pun intended, it just looks artificial. It's just like yeah. a person wouldn't write that. And, uh, you know, I guess yeah. that we're lucky. That's the nuances of being human. And, it, yeah. you know, so say, say, um, actually, yeah, we'll, we'll use it. I'm going to get some free advice, maybe. Um, <laughs> if you were doing a, if I was approaching you for a podcast, wh- where do we start? How does the process start? Podcast for what to advertise? Well, just because well, ev- obviously everything you do is, it's not a single thing. Right. You know, what I mean? you know it's, it's it's like you you like you say because I know like you said you you the background with the writing and and the fitness industry and stuff like that, but you you kind of have to be like a jack of all trades and a master of all trades. You you almost have to anticipate what somebody wants when they come to you talking to you about a product. You, they kind of expect you to be one step ahead of them. And so so, so like if I came to you with a podcast and say look. look I want, I want to do marketing and copying for my podcast. Where, where do I start? What, what forms do you think I should use? Or do you, you know, what, what would the process be? I, you know, like literally, where would your advice be? My first question, which is the biggest one, is who's your audience? Who's listening? Or who do you want to listen to your podcast? So, for example, with my own, it's, you know, um, it's, as I said, business to business. So B2B, people in the health and wellness industry. And I recently just niched down to that because I had been targeting SaaS, you know, that software as a service, but that is such a huge field that I said, let me narrow down to my expertise, which was fitness. I would ask you who's listening to your podcast or who would you like to listen? Um, You know, who's your target audience? And if I were to do writing for you, we would have we would sit down for a full hour and I have a series of questions to dig into everything you know about them. Mm-hmm. Questions like what, you know, what are the biggest struggles and what are the challenges that you see? And once I ask all these questions, I would, we would, you know, have that call. I'd go out. I, I would ask you for any analytics that you had on current marketing that you, that you've done um, your website, you know, if you had website, what is, you know, what the activity on that, what are the conversions, where, you know, where do you see the big challenges? And then I would do my research. And this is the part that's often misunderstood about copywriting, especially like I'm a conversion copywriter and people say, oh, that's a bogus term. Well, it's not because I paid a lot of money to get that certification. <laughs> and I worked with Joanna Weeb, who is the, um, she's like the OG, the, uh, she's originated the term conversion copywriter. And there's some differences between conversion copywriting and traditional copywriting. There's also a lot of overlap. So the, the differences is that I use formulas to 
create copy. So you've probably heard of problem agitation solution, the the PAS formula. That's kind of a the most common marketing term. So, but that's kind of for another conversation. But just so you know, there's some differences. Um, I would do my research, and this would involve. I'll send you a checklist of all. I call it my wish list. Do you have? Um, what are your Google analytics? What are, you know, all the analytics that you have, send me anything you have. Most people have like some of them, but not a lot of them. I'd ask you for people who you would like to listen or who, who you think your audience would be. Do you have some names you can give me people who've worked with you? If you're selling something like usually it's because they're selling, people are selling something, you know, who is, who have you worked with that may be willing to talk to me? I aim for a dozen people. If I get five, that's pretty much, you know, people are busy. No one wants to talk to you, but I get them on the phone, ask them a lot of questions about their experience with my client. And so this takes weeks between gathering the, all the information, between getting people on a call, um, could be four weeks, four to five weeks typically. And then once I get all that information, it's like building blocks. So I have a... Um, software that I use that I can put things on cards. So I start categorizing. And this is why they say copywriting is about assembling. And so I assemble the pieces that would fit for, say it's a homepage. What's the value proposition? What did I get out of that? Who's saying, and what are they saying? What is something I could use in the copy that sometimes people will say something, I'll be talking to them and they'll say such a great quote that I'm, I will mark it like either physically or on my computer this is going to make it into a headline. And it's happened a lot of times. Like there's one, for example, I, I was writing for a company that sells mobile apps for people in the agriculture business. And because I don't just do fitness, I mean, I, yeah. you know, that's my specialty. But, um, and one of the people I spoke to said, I love that this app, I can use it offline. He said, because there's no Wi-Fi in the chicken coop. And I'm like, that's great. And that actually that is made brilliant, it. isn't it? That's a gift. <laughs> So, and that's how it works. And then, you know, I, I write it, we, uh, you know, I go back and forth with the client, we uh, edit where necessary, and then we test it, you know, once it's out there. And so that's, that's basically it. I mean, there's a lot in that, but it's the research takes about 80% of the time. I'm still I'm mulling over that line. There's no Wi-Fi in the chicken coop. <laughs> that that is just my client loved it. <laughs> oh, you can imagine when you present that to, to a client, can't you? Because that because that's that perfect line where the anybody who's an end user knows exactly how that feels, and it taps right. into that human experience of I, I when I'm down in the valley, I can't get a wife. I know exactly what that person's on about. That right. that that literally is the the cliche of you have to demonstrate to somebody how you solve the problem. They have a problem, right. and you're solving mm -hmm. it. And that line describes the problem, solves the problem, and every agriculture guy knows what he means when he says there's no Wi-Fi in the chicken coop. Yeah, and I wouldn't have gotten that on my own. Just researching, you're not going to find that, you know. And and I even talking to the client, they you know they didn't say that. I mean, they probably know that. It's like, hey, where there's no Wi-Fi, well, where would that be? Oh, well, Chicken Coop doesn't have Wi-Fi. You could still use the app. But he didn't say it, but one of his customers did. So, but that's what the a, kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's pretty that, cool. That also highlights something you say, like that 80% research. That highlights that never forget to listen to your customers. Yeah. 
It, it would help solve it. Yeah. The years of content writing, when I would do article writing, I spoke to so many people, all walks of life, you know, people with PhDs, people. And I, I'm good at handling, like if someone, because I've had some people are very disagreeable. I've been yeah. yelled at. I've been called, called names, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just, um, I, I have a way I think it's just experience from working with people. And I've been told this by PR people. I had one, one guy once, for example, it was a health article and I was interviewing the head of this huge hospital out in California. And he's the head of everything. And his PR person put me in touch with him. And when I got him on the phone and I was asking him questions and I, I get very to the point because I know these people yeah. are super busy. And he said at one point, he goes, wait a minute. Do you even know who I am? <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't know if he meant it. Like, don't you know who I am? Or yeah. do you know my title? I, I don't know, but it could have gone either way. And I had his title right in front of me. So I rattled it off. MD, PhD, he had all these titles. He says, okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew. Like that he wasn't just, you know, an average yeah. guy. Yeah, he wasn't and when the I janitor. Told PR, <laughs> when I told this PR person that, he goes, you know what? He's really tough to handle, but he says, I knew that you could do it. So I think that that's key, you know, getting into, yeah, getting people to talk, and not everyone does want to. You know, they're reluctant. It's, I, it's it's one of those things. Many many years ago, I, I used to do customer services. It's it's kind of what I call where I learn. I'm a health, I work in healthcare now. I tell people that everything is just a customer services problem. I mean, somebody has a problem, your job is just to, to solve it. It's customer yeah. services. I don't care what the industry is. It's customer services. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, and I used to say, like, I'd be teaching people on the front desk, like things, you, you, you just the simple basics. And it's just like, look, 99% of our problems are where we shoot ourselves in the foot and it, because <laughs> we're not listening or talking and asking questions, getting people to talk to us. And they might seem reluctant, but... Just explain to them on the phone. It's easier to talk to me now on the telephone than when you walk in at nine o'clock and hand me the keys to your car in three weeks' time. And put put them in a place, you know, like and from that point, pretty much every problem anyone's going to present to you, we've already dealt with and already have a solution. Mm -hmm. But if you don't extract that information from them, you know, before they walk into the dealership, we've created the problem. We've not solved it. And I said, yeah, and you, you, yeah. you want that smooth process, like you say, just people don't want to talk. Your job is to get them to talk because without extracting like their pain points, extracting what it is that, you know, like, what is their experience that they can't stand talking to you? <laughs> yeah. Somewhere yeah. someone's made it really uncomfortable for them. Right. So, so you've got to navigate around that little obstacle and sort of yeah. like, and make it so that when they get off the phone, it's like, yeah, do you know what that 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 was pretty easy? That was pretty simple, you know, mm -hmm. because you'll be the person that stands out to them. And right. then if they want to use you again, you're their go-to person because you were the only one they had a pleasant experience with. And then right. if you do make a mistake, it gives it gives you so many out and get out of jail free cards because they like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And you have you have to meet them where they are. You know, when I did, I used to do in-home personal training. And that was, I was in the midst of some volatile situations. I'm literally walking into people's houses when they sometimes have just finished having an argument or they're in the middle of an argument with somebody in the house. 
you know, if I was working in a gym, I w- it wouldn't be. And I did that for yeah. a short time, but um, in home was where the demand was. And, you know, it was just what I wanted to do. But, you know, if somebody's really angry and this happened once and thinking one in particular, <laughs> um, this client, he was just, he just had a big argument with his mother-in-law. They were, had the whole family over it. And I was like, oh no, it was seven o'clock in the morning. I was over the house and he was just fired up. He was looking for an argument. So I just kept quiet. You know, and even though I was quiet and I was just kind of waiting for him to kind of calm down and just I was just focusing. I'm not going to ask him anything. I'm not going to. He was still lashing out to me. And at one point he said something where I said, um, you don't talk to me like that. Yeah. I'm not going to work with you if you're going to talk to me like that. You do sometimes get to that point. But when it comes to a client, like when it, the biggest pushback I get from talking to my clients, customers is if there's someone, you know, they're. It's like, okay, I was happy with the service, but I really don't want to get the phone with this person, this, this person being me. And so I start out by saying, I'm going to make this as quick as I can. I just, you know, I know you, you like this product and I'm helping them to get, I explain why I'm talking to them. You know, I, I want them to be able to track more people like you, or however I word it. I don't know. It's different for everybody. But a lot of people say, okay, I need to know exactly what you're doing. What are you going to do with these quotes? What are you going to, you know, I will explain it. I'm not quoting you on anything. I'm just because I'll tell them if we're going to use a quote, we'll contact you. But I'm just trying to feel, you know, what your experience has been like. And I think when you explain things, people are more, they calm down, they relax, especially if you say, listen, I'm not going to quote you. I just Mm -hmm. want to get an idea of what your experience was, you know, with this product or service. And then they're going, okay. And, you know, you have to be good with people and you have to know how to talk. If you're combative or if you're like, listen, you know, I'm doing this because I want to get some information. You just, you have to know how to talk. So it is, isn't it? It's interesting because you, you said something important earlier as well, that sometimes these people are busy and it's not that they're trying to, they're not rude, but you might be one of 20 people who are trying to get their attention that day. And they have to have some sort of filter that says, why would I give you my attention? Because I'm not going to give it to somebody else. You know, because that, that time slot of 20 minutes, 30 minutes means somebody else isn't having it. And I'm the right. one that has to delegate who I give my time to. And right. I think it's important sometimes that when people are reaching out, understand that person has made a decision to hear you out for 30 seconds. And then they're going to be like, "That's no, we're, we're not doing this." Yeah, I, I, I'm ju- I'm just too busy. Um, when do, do you know, like, when you're on YouTube and you see all the videos of copywriting, marketing, and all that, and it says ten things I wish I'd knew, and ten things you do wrong. What do people do right? What do they do well? With copyright, the copywriters or the yeah, to, to, you know, like if somebody's listening to this and, and they're, they're trying to understand the business, they're trying to understand the industry, um, but they don't have a budget and they're not sure about training, you know, but you know, m- maybe they're just thinking, I, I, I want to just write a, a, a simple poster for cupcake sale, um, you know, to raise funds for the school or something like that, like, like really basic. Mm-hmm. What, what is it that when it's done well, what does that look like? It, the first thing is it triggers emotion in the person. And 
it has to do, it's focused on them. Like you want to tap into what would make them. So if you're raising money and you see this all the time for people raising money for a good cause is they focus on the pain that the person is in that they'd be helping, you know, help out. I mean, sometimes it's to a degree where it's, excuse me, it's tough, like with the animal welfare stuff. Um, But what you have to find, what is it that would make them want to do that? So, um, and there's, there's so much psychology that goes behind it. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There's a lot of it. So there's a, um, yeah, there's podcasts on it. Um, there's, there's like all kinds of, there's books, literally books on, on how to do this. So it really depends on the audience. What is it that makes them want to, to do that? And it could be, yeah. Well, to word it differently, here's a different way to look at it. Cause this is like, and you'll understand this cause of fitness, right? If you go on YouTube or just type into Google, how do I get fit? It's like, you, you're never going to live long enough to even read 1% of the articles. <laughs> exactly and but basically the very basics of getting fit start with one simple question what's your idea of being fit Mm -hmm. right and from there right now which rabbit hole do you want to go down but basically you've you've got to come up with what, what what is your idea of being fit you know is it running marathons or is it looking like a bodybuilder you know and that's where your questions lead off and so and and that's kind of what i'm trying to build a framework around when i say like what is a good you know marketing pitch copyright pitch do you know what i mean what does it look like to the end user when they receive it or if somebody wants to right what do i need to do so the basics is you need to tap into the emotion like because when you said like the that line of I don't get Wi-Fi in the, in the chicken coop. Just there's no one it doesn't resonate with, you know, mm-hmm. because that could resonate to the to the garage mechanic who, who's you know, he's just got a poor signal in the corner of a workshop. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many people that understand a location and no Wi-Fi and the frustration that causes. And you know, and it's as a it's a great tagline. It's a great product placement it's an emotion that res honestly it's like god himself said it (laughs) It, it, it's it's just perfect because it it just resonates across so many layers and levels right it depends on where you're using the copy excuse me like if you're using if you're doing an ad because i've written facebook ads yeah where you have only facebook ads because that's something that people try to play about with Mm-hmm. Facebook ads are any ad really is difficult because you have only a few words, like, especially it's the headline, it's the subject line in the email. It's the, the first, you know, that's that the hook, that's what's most important. Like they say, 80% of people don't get past your headline. So if you don't get a, a headline that draws people in or a subject line on an email, they're not going to open it. They're not going to read the rest of it. The hardest thing with Facebook too, kind of as an aside, because I wrote for my own fitness, my own fitness ads, is there's so much you can't say. You can't make people feel bad. And fitness and health are the hardest ones. I mean, an example is I once once had an image, I tried to have an image of a tape measure on an ad. 
They said, no, no tape measure. It makes people feel bad. Definitely no before and after pictures. That's for sure. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's hard. It depends on the audience. Like for fitness, because this is what I know the best yeah, yeah. is like, yeah, if it's for a consumer, um, it would be like something about, you know, is it time to, and this is not what I'd write, but like this, I'd start brainstorming. It's time to pull out those favorite pair of pants you haven't tried to fit into in a year or something like what you want to get into their head. Like, what are they yeah. thinking? And so that when, when they read the copy, like you said, they're like, you know, you're continuing the conversation that's going on in their own head, ideally. Like they've been something that they're, they're going through life. They're doing their thing. And, you know, in, in this case, okay, I'm going to put on these pants and they don't fit me, you know, the frustration. So you don't want to make them feel bad about it, but what about, you know, what if there was something that could help you, you know, get back into those? So it's um, kind of understanding the pain, but not letting exactly. it feel painful, making it feel like you're the solution. Right. It's like, it's okay. You know, you're not alone. Yeah. There's, there's help kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Everything, everything comes down to that. The, the Wi-Fi thing, the mobile app, it's like, okay, so you have a chicken coop and now guess what? You can, you can use this app in there. You know, we yeah. have a solution. Yeah. So yeah, because the the fitness one is interesting, isn't it? Because the it's a huge market, a massive, massive market, and everybody wants a shortcut. Nobody wants to like spend the next well, basically, basically the rest of their life going to some form of gym or fitness class, which is what's required if you, as a general rule of thumb, if you want to stay fit. It's mm -hmm. a repetitive nature to it. <laughs> Um, so, so I, I'm trying to, so it's effectively acknowledging a problem, mm -hmm. but in a way, making them feel good about the problem because you've, the solution that you have is tangible within reach. You just have to keep reading and you'll discover how I'm going to help you. Right. Like uh, there's a headline formula that says, Here's, you know, like um, you want to say what the promise is without whatever the negative thing is. So for the most common one you'll see is how to lose weight without giving up your favorite foods, you know, how to fit into your favorite genes without giving up chocolate. I mean, what is it? You know, and that could apply That's to any be a niche. Winner. A niche. Yeah. How, how we only in crap, <laughs> but you know, I'll help you lose weight. How to how to lose weight without getting off the couch? You know that's the ideal yeah. thing. But a lot of that's you know some of that's very clickbaity. But if you have the solution, you can prove it. Yeah, yeah, but clickbait works for a reason. You know, it, I know. It, 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 yeah, it taps into a necessity. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, there's dynamics, isn't there? Because you can like, like, writing with humor, then writing seriously, and writing in a conversational style or it's how do you how how do you break it down because like what what is the best what's going to work the best way because you, you're the one that has to navigate which which one to go how do you make those decisions it's the tone and voice that you know what you're i mean that's number <clears throat> one of the most important things is you want to um use the the voice of the brand and also reflect what you're 
customers are thinking. You know who does this best is Apple. You see their ads. Those are the gold standard. All my copywriting coaches are like always quoting Apple. And they often start with a headline that you would never think. Like there was one for showing how waterproof the new phone was. And it had P-S-S-S-T, like, um, or F-F-F-T, like, you know, water, you know, like that, that was the headline. And they have very kind of flippant headlines, but yet the rest, the body copy is very serious, but it's clear, you know, and it's, it's not cluttered with a bunch of stuff you don't need. Um, Because I... As soon as you said Apple, it reminded me of that famous Steve Jobs news uh, press conference where he was talking about how he was going to change the music world and then mm-hmm. pulled an MP3 player, you know, an iPod, out of his pocket. And he was just there, just casually talking as if he hadn't designed anything. And then he yeah. just pulls out this thing and says, and it's all here. And it has... A thousand you know, songs in your pocket is what you think he said, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I can still remember watching that for the first time. And the whole audience was like, oh, wow. Because you've just, yeah. you know, they realized they'd witnessed the next stage of technology. But it, he was so casual in the fact that he had this in his pocket the whole time. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, that's what, I, oh, yeah, it's just a little thing we've been knocking about with. <laughs> I know. And that's, there's, there's so many stories about him and I, I never saw the movie on him. I know he wasn't a popular guy, but he was a genius when it came to marketing. Yeah, I remember this one story I read about him telling his, his, um, his engineers, he wanted this, I think it was the iPod, you know, at the time he wanted it small as possible. And they said, this is as small as we can get it with these components. And he took it and dumped it in a fish tank. And bubbles came out and said, see those bubbles? There's space in there. Get rid of it. Like, you yeah. know, that's the kind of thing. It's like, who's doing this? But, but that's, you know, he, uh... I remember watching that film and I've seen lots of interviews about him. And it definitely was not the most pleasant person to be around. However, what everyone says is, if you're not like that, you're not going to achieve what he achieved. So it, it's, it's a double-edged sword. You can't have that level of drive and genius and then accept anything other than your own vision mm-hmm. you know and it's like tough. you say yeah but because who would think to throw it into a fish tank did it see those air bubbles fish. yeah <laughs> but but you just you wouldn't would you? you wouldn't you wouldn't think to do that you know but that that's he's he could see that you know this is the best way to demonstrate it. this is the best way to get stuff done and Sometimes I think when you're running a large organization like he was and you're trying and successfully leading a technology front, people have to understand that you're, you were not prepared to be compromised and that you are this uncompromising person. And the rules are very simple. You either marched on the same tracks as me or just march out the door and don't look back because you're not welcome. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, most people can't be like that, and that's why there's very few Steve Jobs about. You can't worry about what people think of you because the people who are like him, and they're rare, you know, the, mm. they're real outliers, and they are the ones that, you know, come up with ideas everyone else is going to say, oh, that's not going to work. What was it, the um, 
Ford said back, you know, when he invented the first car, he said, if I listen to what people wanted, they'd tell me faster horses, you know? It, yeah. So you have to think of things that people aren't, aren't thinking of on their own and you have to believe in it yourself. And, and uh, yeah, it's not easy. That's for sure. It's easier to go with the flow and just yeah. people tell you that you it's like, well, yeah, maybe you're right. So. Do you, um, just as we're getting close to, to, to finishing up, I just wanted to, you, you mentioned something important that when, when you were doing, you know, studying yourself and like people were saying like the best advertisers out there are Apple and, you know, look at what they do. And, and it, well, are there any sort of um, adverts or companies from any era that you tell people to look at, like study their, what, how they sold their products, what they did? Because the one that, one of the first ones that stands out to me, and, it, and it's an age thing, don't get me wrong, is with the Sony Walkman. And I can still see the image of this Walkman in, in someone's pocket in a cassette. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and it was just a poster in a magazine or, and you just like, and again, it, it had that classic, it tells me everything I need to know just by looking at it. So I don't need yeah. to know anything else. Well, as I said, Apple is the big one. Um, there's a lot of SaaS companies though that are really good at it. Like, um, and they're changed, they change their, their websites constantly. Um, Basecamp is known for uh -huh. being, have you heard of Basecamp? Basecamp, um, Crazy Egg. A lot of the SaaS companies have gotten really good at, at that. Those are two. Those Crazy are the two eggs. that I always. Crazy Egg is a fantastic name. So yeah. it, it, it's yeah. just. One it's, of my coaches worked for them. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> but Crazy, Crazy Egg just captures the imagination with two words. Yeah. You want to know what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. I do. And I don't know how I came up with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's one of those ones I, that would easily be dismissed as a silly idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say some of the really big SaaS companies like that, um, the ones that are, and I don't know about monday.com. I'm looking at on my computer here with this Slack. I would look at some of the really big, I think Slack is another one that is um, definitely up to date. Like they change, they tend to change their, their uh, copy on the homepage mm -hmm. often. Like Slack says, you know, made for people, built for productivity, very to the point. You know, it's not it's not about being wordy or about being clever. It's really being clear. People want to know what yeah. they're getting into. And that's the big mistake I think that people make with their copy is a couple of things. One is they they try to put all the promises in one sentence. You know, you can save time, you can make more money, you can, you know, and they, they'll list all these things. It's like, you need to pick one and be better at it than your competitors. And, and that's super important. And uh, make sure people know why you're different from your competitors. A lot of times what I do with my clients is I have them do, it's a value proposition. I call it a, a roadmap, but it's really like an audit of everything. And that's where I start. Because once you have that value prop down, and I usually give them like, come up with one main one and then a couple of other like smaller ones, that's where all of your messaging should evolve, revolve around. Like everything comes back to that. So what would be a good example of a value proposition? 
I mean, for me, um, it would be, you know, and I don't have it <laughs> written in front of me and I should, but like, um, you know, conversion copywriting for B2B brand, B2B fitness and wellness brands backed by um, expertise. I have this written down on it. It's embarrassing. I don't know it offhand. No, but no, my, but, my, because, my background because, is the, the, the expert background. Yeah, yeah. Most but, but it is, isn't it? It's, you are still being very clear and exactly about this is exactly what I do. And this is how it's back. Who up. you're right for. Right. Yeah. So it's it's so effectively it's that. It's what I'm, I'm trying to think of how how to articulate it without it sounding too clumsy. It's so a good value proposition would be this is what we do. This is how I back it up. But that is that a fair do you know what I mean? It, it's what you do, who you do it for, and um it should be memorable, succinct. There's actually five parameters, which I don't know, know all of them off the top of my head, but the, the most important one is it should be different, unique, um, mm -hmm. easy to remember, but also memorable in what yeah. you say. Like, and it's not a tagline. I mean, the people confuse those two. Like, you know, the candy M&Ms melts in your mouth, not in your hands. That's a tagline, but it's also kind of a value prop. I don't know. You know, yeah, of, no, I know what you mean, because so, sometimes people want it to sound clever, like like they're writing poetry and you're just like, it's not really necessary. You're selling spanners. <laughs> it goes on the end of a greasy nut sort of thing. It, it, it's actually that could be the line, the spanner that fits a greasy nut. But it's. It's like you say, sometimes people try to be overly clever and kind of get inside their own head. Like, oh, I've written this wonderful thing. He's like, hey, but I still don't know what That's it is. Right. right. I don't know what it does. And it's, it's like, like I that. converting copy for, yeah, fitness and health um, brands. Because I consulted with one of my coaches and I said, should I say B2B? And she said, if it, if you say fitness and wellness brands, people will know the brand is B2B business. Yeah. So one of them, yeah. But that, that's actually an excellent example, isn't it? Because if you just mention the word brand, you don't need B2B. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows that, all oh, right, it's a business to business. Okay. It's, it's a brand, right, right. health and fitness brand. Fantastic. Because that, that's what I mean. It's, it's, you know, the devil is in the details. And and sometimes people don't realize that means make it simple. Oh yeah, and people are against that. It's like a lot of them are like, "Oh, we need to make it sound." It's it's not about sounding cute, you know. It's it's about being clear. The difference. That's a good tag tagline. It's not about sounding cute. It's about sounding clear. <laughs> that's good. I like that. that that's yeah. something um, you would never forget. Like the. the there's no no Wi-Fi in the chicken coop. It's not about <laughs> would, my client it? would not, would love that we're repeating that so many times, but because <laughs> it's a genius line, and I don't have chickens, but I know exactly what that person was feeling. Yeah, um, and it came from the customer. That's the thing. I didn't come up with it. The CEO didn't come up with it. It was what his people said. So, but I, I think if you if, if if you were doing a course on like advertising and marketing and stuff and copywriting, it's 
it's not about sounding cute it's sound, it's about sounding clear is is a wonderful like chapter in itself yeah you know it's just like that i think that i've heard be. something similar to that but i don't think i stole that from anyone because I take it call that exactly. take it anyway <laughs> take it <laughs> that could be like the, you know the, the next time you'll pitch into a customer it's like it's not about sounding cute it's about sounding clear yeah you know because th they'll know what that means because everyone would have tried to sound clever with them and you know pitch them something oh. you know so um last question and this is completely random and has nothing to do with anything we've discussed i just like to randomly throw it in there um and and it does involve your imagination so if you can imagine um you've got a magic wand whatever way time machine magic wand whatever if you could go anywhere in time where and when would you go what vehicle would you drive and what music would you listen to it's a lot um mm. first where would i go definitely the future i don't want to relive anything in the past okay um the music i mean i'm i'm pretty much a a rock aficionado i love metal believe yeah. it or not people don't think of me um i don't see how that would change and uh what else was it music and what vehicle would you be in i don't know something that flies i guess okay so private flying jet car. flying car private okay. jet would be nice yeah so private jet into the future what so you say metal is there a particular band or album you'd have on um i like godsmack and i like this band called adelita's way that i'm getting really into are you familiar with it either not those? a chance not a chance <laughs> <laughs> they're they're actually i don't like metal that is just noise i mean these bands i actually i'm one of these people i have to know who's behind it and i know these are people who are in like Godsmack people are like, Oh Godsmack. Well, the guy that lead singer is 56 years old. He is, he's been doing this since the nineties. He supports anti-bullying. Mm -hmm. He does a lot of good. It's not just the music. It's like, I like him as a person. Yeah. And, and Adam's way is kind of a similar band. They're really hard rock, but there's a lot in their music. Like they really, they have messages. It's not just banging a lot. Yeah. 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 Both of them are really good. So I listen to them. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Take care. So there you are. Thank you very much for listening. That was Linda. And hey, I'm going to finish with that amazing line. You know, chicken coops. Who would have thought it? Chicken coops. I love that line just in case you didn't realize it's so good i could use it in the chicken coop take care as always thank you very much for listening for watching and wherever you are whatever you believe please take care be blessed <laughs>